ladies and gents, beauties and bimfluencers. Uh, welcome to episode 99 of Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments. Uh, 99, I've got one... What, what the fuck am I going to do for 100? I've been thinking about this for about a week, maybe 10 days now. Like, it should be... There should be some sort of, like, big party episode or, like, lots of people... Like, different guests, former guests saying how much they loved the podcast or how much they enjoyed being on it or you know but then i also feel like kind of the bimfluencer thing would be to completely like understate to just be like yeah like one party popper just like yeah so welcome to the episode 100 spectacular and then just like one little party popper and like fucking sad sounding balloon winding it um Anyway, I'll try and uh, I'll try and think of something interesting to do for episode 100, which is obviously the next one coming up. Uh, special shouts to the Patreon backers. I'm going to quickly uh, run through their names right now to give them some recognition. Uh, shout outs to Rax, Ricardo, uh, Silent, uh, T-Rex in a top hat. Some of these may not be their legitimate government names, um, <clears throat> but uh, but I'm just going with the handles that they've. Uh, provided on patreon um oliver sarah paul and kerry thank you so much for supporting the podcast it honestly does mean uh the world to me and i support your uh i i support sorry i uh, value your support more than the barely present vacuous enthusiasm my blood relatives offer when i tell them about this podcast uh put simply you rock my world um and just a quick note regarding the patreon uh, all episodes go on there first. So if you want to snap them up ASAP in the brief window of time that they can still be, uh, I don't know, still claim to be relevant, uh, that's, where, <laughs> that's where they'll be. They always go on uh, Patreon first and then a couple of days later they go out on Spotify and Apple and so on. Um, if you can't support on Patreon, that's fine. Um, all I would ask is just share me around. Just take a link uh of one of the episodes that you've enjoyed and maybe send it over to a friend who you think may also uh enjoy the vibe can't believe i'm saying vibe now uh anyway let's let's crack on um that's the pitch done uh big news this week get this right i found this uh googling around looking for weird news stories i had to reread this three times to check i wasn't like misunderstanding uh a lady made headlines around the world for being arrested for possession of crystal meth and her name was crystal methvin that's her actual i mean i know a minute ago i was talking about patreon patreon backers who you know it might not be their real name that's forgivable if you're supporting something on patreon you might not want everyone to know that like everything that you're supporting out there but i swear to god if your name is crystal methvin like, what kind of sign do you need from the universe of the things that you should and should not get into? And I'm not making this up. Like, this is a real news story. You can Google the name Crystal Methvin. It's like, it's too... Like, if it was in a movie or like a... Uh, like a drama about drug use, you know? If you were writing that movie and you told them that you wanted to write a character called Crystal Methvin... They would tell you that was too on the nose, wouldn't they? They would tell you to get the fuck out of the writer's room. Like, I don't think you understand how script writing works. That is too, like, you're hitting the audience around the face with it. It's, or it, like, maybe it sounds like a stage name. 
right? Like, it sounds like a cheeky, taboo stripper name or some shit. Crystal Methvin. And now, now coming down the pole is Crystal Methvin. Or, like, maybe it's a band name. It could be a band name as well, I think. Um... You know, like you imagine you having conversations with your mates. Like, who, who are you going to see this weekend? Oh, I'm going to go uh, John Peel stage. I'm going to watch uh, Johnny and the Weeping Harlots. Uh, then the Throbbing Bullsacks are on after that. Oh, and then and then Crystal Methvin is on at eight thirty. Boom. You know, like I kind of like the idea though. I like the idea that she ended up getting into Crystal Meth. You know. I like that idea. I like because she looks. I, I don't know if you if you Google the story, if you Google Crystal Methvin and you find it, it's a Metro article that I'm looking at. She looks about forty, maybe forty five, which in Crystal Meth years is like it's probably about twenty eight, right? But like, let's say the mean average between those two. Let's say she's about thirty five, right? Even if she's thirty five, bear bear in mind she's let's say thirty five now or thirty seven now. Uh, she must have been like of age when Chris Crystal Meth has been around for a while, right? So she must have heard the rumors about this stuff when she was younger. She's old enough to know better, is what I'm saying. I like the idea that she's called Crystal Methvin. That's her name. And then at some point, someone introduced her to this life ruining drug that she must have heard about. She must have known about this shit at this point. And, and also known her name, right? The <laughs> She must have known that it was not a good thing. But also, she's a bit like, well, yeah, that, I mean, that's me. Fuck it. <laughs> like, it's literally got your name on it, you know? It's literally on brand. I should be doing this. What is this stuff called again? It's called Crystal Meth. Oh, well, it's a sign. I should be doing this. <laughs> this story's a bit old now, to be fair. Like, normally I pick a story uh, from the week and take the piss out of it. Uh, but this is from 2018, right? I found... Uh, I was Googling for weird news uh, to give me something to talk about. And this came up. I can't remember how many links and stuff I had to go through to find it. But, um, but yeah, 2018. Um, which is weird, right? Because in my mind, that's like two years ago. Does anyone else get this? Anyone else get when you read a story from two... Like, it feels like two years ago, but it's double that. You know, but the way that it sits in your memory doesn't quite sit right. You know, I mean, memory is like a weird warp thing going, going off on a little bit of a tangent now. But memory is a it's a bit of a strange thing. I don't know if anyone else gets this, but like so 2018 is almost five years ago. Right. Or like, well, four and a half. Right. And yet 2007, which is a decade earlier, still feels like it wasn't that long ago. To me that feels like sort of yeah three or four years ago and that's weird because like the longer ago thing is more prevalent in in my brain i don't know why like is that a sign, <laughs> is that a sign of trauma maybe or fucking rampant drug abuse ravaging parts of my brain that sequential people warned me against i mean it could be that could be that too you know, hark back to those house parties. Like, don't don't take two of these at once, okay? And I'm like, yeah, right. No, no, I mean it. I mean, it, it could literally fuck your brain. Eh? All right, cool, yeah. By the way, say goodbye to me. Gulp, gulp. Here I am, like, 15 years later. How come my memories are weird, you know? 
but yeah, memory is, I, I don't know, for me at least, it's wild and weird and warped. Uh, like, I'm not one of these people who goes, wow, my 21st feels like yesterday. Like, it doesn't. My 21st does not feel like it happened yesterday. It feels like a generation ago, which, you know, of course it was. Uh, I turned 21 in 2001. And, uh, you know, without getting all retro about it, it was a... Uh, it was a time of beer and friends and friends getting tattoos and uh, barbecues at the guards club in Maidenhead and everyone in shitty jobs working in bowling alleys and shops and pub kitchens and then, you know, clocking off to go and meet at the skate park and drink cider or get stoned. And But like that period, that feels like an age ago, you know, like I was an entirely different person but yet 2007 which is only like five years after that was you know i don't know i guess like because i was working in the city at the time and that's where i am now sort of uh and i had moved out and i was in a relationship at that point uh, i don't know it doesn't seem that long ago it doesn't seem like a much of a jump from who i was then to who i am now um feels quite close memory wise 2007 and yet again like here's the weird thing is like the amount of memories and chaos and life that's been squeezed into my brain smushed in there since my son was born which was only like five years ago <laughs> the amount of life that's been smushed into my head in the last five years that feels like a decade or like 12 years worth of memories and life and stuff i don't know my brain is fucked i think um I wonder if there's any, I wonder if there's any psychologists uh, that listen to this podcast that can explain to me why memory exists in that weird, malleable, contorted way. You know, I mean, they, like, they would probably say, "Here I am in my fucking, you know, armchair psychologist mode." Uh, I think they would probably say, <laughs> "Strap in for this." I think they'd say. Well, you've found parenthood very stressful um, and that's evidenced by the colossal space and related topics that it's taken up in your brain, Mr. Thompson. You know, parenthood, pregnancies, uh, your girlfriend being bedridden for much of both of those pregnancies, your job, the sense of providing, the weight on your shoulders, the mortgage, moving house three times, savaged relationships that you thought existed in one capacity, but actually parenthood proved they were something entirely different all along. Basically, parenthood has traumatised you, Mr. Thompson. I think that's that's probably what they would say. And then I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh or I'd probably like I'd get that wobbly lip. I'd be like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it has been a hard time, you know. Actually, no, probably I'd be like, can can we go with it's changed me? <laughs> that's like the that's the way that people usually time try and like reframe it. It's are you feeling traumatized by parenthood? No, no, it, parenthood changed me. That feels more. <laughs> that's a more positive framing. Of having your brain utterly horse-fucked by the stresses that parenthood saddles you with. Can we change it, Mr. Psychologist? Can we change it to saying it's changed me rather than traumatized? You'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, sure. Present it to the world however you like, but your brain is fucked. Just know that. Anyway, yes, off on a tangent there, as per usual. Um, 
Where were we? So, crystal meth, Finn. She was arrested for crystal meth possession. It's quite amazing. It's like... It's like somebody called Jack Daniel being arrested for drink driving. <laughs> or like uh, Robin Banks. Your name's Robin Banks and you get arrested for robbing banks. You know, you get it, right? Look, I never said this show was sophisticated humour. Go fuck yourselves. Um, anyway, here's another story this week. It's caught my eye. Um, this one is slightly more enraging. Like, I don't tend to get enraged by you know like local newspaper stories because i kind of feel a lot of the time they're parodic you know what i mean like local news i think there was a facebook group set up at one point and all it did was posted pictures from local newspapers of like local people angry and the title of this facebook group it probably still exists title of the facebook group was uh, pictures of angry people in local newspapers because that's the thing that they do isn't it like someone will write into the newspaper and say i think it's bloody outrageous how many speed bumps there are down elizabeth street now there should be less there should be fewer street bumps and but the picture of them will be them stood next to the road looking really cheesed off <laughs> like arms crossed yeah can you can you just stand there? yeah john john can you just move just to the left and cross your arms and furrowed brow and just stand there looking really cheesed off by those speed no no a bit more cheese yeah that's perfect perfect hold that that's like a whole genre of local uh angry newspaper articles but this particular one as i went looking for um for local news weird news stories i found this one <clears throat> and see if it makes you as I don't know what the word is, bemused, befuddled, uh, enraged, whatever. Anyway, here it is. Uh, another story that caught my eye this week. So, headline, Basingstoke man must pay £1,550 after rubbish collected from his home was later fly-tipped. Right? <laughs> let, that, let that sink in for a second. This guy has to pay... 1.5k because rubbish that was collected from his house was later found just you know disposed of thrown around fly tipped right but he's paid someone to take it away he he's paid a contractor or a self-employed fella that he probably i don't know found on gumtree or something or met down the pub paid him to remove and dispose of the rubbish he's paid this guy to provide a service which is i will take away your rubbish for you so the guy takes the rubbish like oh yeah sure sure i'll dispose of this in a safe respectable professional way person who's booked me from fucking gumtree like what are you gonna do if i don't you're gonna give me a one-star review on fucking gumtree on gumtree like it, gumtree should be called like one-star services like it's where, it's where you go when you can't quite stretch to the amount that that service should actually be paying in the open free market, right? Like nobody cares what the service is like on Gumtree. Nobody rates people. This isn't fucking Trustpilot. I don't give a shit if you find out I did a bad job. 
There'll be another desperate phone call in half an hour from someone else who wants to pay me, me like an off the grid lunatic. They'll pay me 100 quid to do what it would normally take 300 pounds to pay a professional refuse removal service to do off rate my builder or whatever the professional service thing is that you would go to. So instead they go to Gumtree and pay 100 quid to do the thing. Like Gumtree conversations should basically go like this. It Like if I pay you 100 quid... Will, will you take this stuff to the tip for me? Fuck you. Okay, cool. Well, here's the money. Like, that's, that's the exchange. That's the service level every time. Like, I mean, that being said, I mean, does, does this guy have a fair case, right? In spite of the expectation that you could put on Gumtree. Typically. By the way, I don't know if it was Gumtree. Like, I mean, it could have been an advert in the post office or whatever. But regardless, right, he found the guy, paid him to take out the trash. The guy fucks off and dumps it all, like, all over a public road or pathway. And then the rubbish is somehow traced back to this guy. And now he has to pay 1.5k. Like, does he have a case there? Because according to Aldershot Magistrates Court, it's his fault, right? <laughs> Which kind of feels ridiculous to me. Enraging, in fact befuddling if you will like he did the right thing he paid a guy to bin it but now the court's like you've failed in your duty of care to ensure that these bricks and the soil and the cardboard packaging were disposed of like it actually says it says um uh the gentleman was interviewed under caution and confirmed he had paid a third party to remove the rubbish from his pro property however he did so without making checks or inquiries about the person collecting the waste like is that is that a thing now is it like is that a sort of disclaimer that they're gonna have to put on gumtree like it's your responsibility like like you have to make checks or inquiries about the person doing the service. Like, there's no such thing as just booking a handyman or a man with a van off Gumtree anymore. Now you have to check their references. <laughs> like, what, what if you booked a man in a van? Like, hypothetical, I know. What if you booked a, a man with a van to do your flat move and then it turns out he's got no insurance and he has a heart attack? And he plows through a bus stop of old conservative club members waiting for the number 57 to take them to their summer party at the golf club. So is that my fault now because I found it funny? I mean, no, wait. <laughs> no, is that my fault because I didn't make any checks or inquiries about the guy I paid to provide that service? Should I have checked his driving license? Should I have asked him for his, like, insurance documents? Like, it's a really weird read on personal responsibility and overreach, isn't it? I don't know. Something doesn't add up with it to me. I would be mad pissed if somebody fined me 1.5K and I'd paid a guy to take away my rubbish and then they were like, you, you're guilty of fly tipping. Am I? Fuck. <laughs> Finally, let's talk about these Tory leadership candidates, shall we? Uh... A lot has been said thus far. Actually, before we get into this, let me have a quick quick sip of beer, guys. Here we go. Wet the whistle, right? Um, a lot has been said thus far about the Tory candidates, the ones that have made it this far. Um, 
Sunak Truss Mordant. Whenever I see her name, I want to pronounce it like Mordant, you know? Because it's, I mean, it seems like a French name. I hope I'm not being ignorant or uh, assumptive, presumptive, if that's the word. Uh, but Mordant just feels like, you know, I, I'm so scared of mispronouncing it and appearing ignorant that I'm willing to take the chance <laughs> like that it's not a French name and it is just Mordant or something. But anyway, so Sunak, Truss and Mordant, that's who's kind of left in, in the serious running. I know that there's Badenoch and there's Tugendar and great, but, you know, when, when we're actually having a grown up discussion about who's still in the race, I think it's clear that it's these three. Uh, and I did a TikTok this morning where I was talking about how weird and hilarious it is that the members, the Conservative Party members, they like Mordaunt. Like, she's lit a fire. She's the upstart challenger. For a long time, we didn't really have one of them. Uh, when Theresa May was in number 10, the, the upstart challenger, the clear challenger there was Boris Johnson, just waiting to fucking punch her in the face and knife her in the back. He couldn't wait. He couldn't keep his dick limp at the thought of getting into number 10. But until now, we've not really had an upstart challenger. Somebody who's sort of, you know, tipping the balance, coming in from left field sort of thing. But now she's lit the fire. She is that person. And the Conservative Party members, not the members of Parliament, but the members of the wider Tory party, right? Who go to these Conservative Party clubs and meetups and all that. They see her and they see a good communicator. And she looks good and she can joke and she can handle questions, and she's a threat to Labour, like people on the left have said, she's the one that we would be worried about, right? And she passes the beer test, right? I'm sorry if people don't want to hear that, and people will call me a fucking... What is it? Like a red Tory, or blue Labour, or... like You know what I mean? Like, But you have to be a grown-up about these conversations. You have to say, she does pass the beer test. You might not want to have a beer with her, you might not like the fact that she passes the beer test, but it is a self-evident truth that she is more likeable. She communicates better. She looks good. If you had to have a beer with Penny Morden or Liz Truss, it would be Morden every time. If you had to have a beer with Rishi Sunak, I mean, he probably would malfunction halfway up to going to the ATM read machine that he doesn't know how to get, right? So that's a fucking disaster. So Truss and Sunak out, Mordant would fucking wipe the floor with all of them. She wins the beer test. I'm scared to answer the question, who would win the beer test out of Starmer and Mordant? Because Starmer is, you know, what's the thing they always say that he's, uh, um, not, pre not precision, he's, uh, oh, fuck. Any other time of day i could have i could have told you the exact word i can't oh, i can't think of the fucking word now the cliche that they always say he's uh oh fuck it's never it, it it's obviously left my brain my brain is too crammed with recent and long-term memories that have been smushed together from the last five years and 10 years alike clearly um but I think Starmer is very sort of, he's very, like, he's across his brief. His heart's probably in the right place. I think he's good at what he does to, to a lesser or greater extent. But does he pass the beer test? Would you rather have a beer with Keir Starmer or Penny Morden if you were just a floating voter in the middle? I'm scared to answer that question. And that's why she worries me. I think if she got into number 10, even as this sort of caretaker prime minister in the meantime, I think there's quite a strong chance that the electorate would warm to her. 
and the you know predictable right wing rags would all fucking rally behind her. Once she's in number ten, they would they would get on board with her rather than let Starmer in. Anyway, I'm sort of going off off piece here a little bit. Um, so Conservative Party members, not MPs, members like her. But here's where it gets funny: the parla- parliamentary party, and specifically the ERG, they want trust. And never the twain shall meet, if you like. And here's the reason they want trust. Because trust is malleable. She's flappable and flusterable. The ERG are getting behind her. And I wonder what bargain they've made. You know what I mean? She sold her soul to them. Like, if she gets in, it will be dangerous for the Northern Ireland Protocol. It will mean more Brexit chaos, airports, logistics, red tape, labour force issues. And she'll be the fucking scapegoat. Because then they'll be able to say, like, oh, it's because she didn't implement it properly. She was she was always a Remainer. And I think Alex Andreo shared uh, similar sentiments to to this uh, on the Oh God, What Now podcast uh, this week. And I agree with his, to be fair, more articulate, uh, better prepared uh, points entirely. Like, she will be pushed around by the ERG. She'll be blamed for things. She's like, basically, when the chaos explodes, more so, more than it already is, she'll get the blame. And she won't be able to defend herself because she has all the charisma and debating ability of my fucking gran, who is dead. But it's like, it's quite funny seeing them push for trust because if they get her in number 10, Labour will win the general election because she's fucking useless. She's worse than May. She can't string a sentence together. She can't even handle a a mildly pushy interview in a Sky News studio. How the fuck is she going to handle, like, international conferences going toe-to-toe with Putin and Biden? Like, it's just going to... Oh, my God, it's going to be tragic. You think those those screenshots of, like, May being isolated at uh, EU summits and shit, you think they're tragic? This is going to be like that on... Oh, it's about to say on steroids, but then that feels a bit hack, a bit cliche. You deserve better, listeners. Um, I don't know. If they get her in number 10, Labour will win. I think that's a given. Uh, they're now 15 points ahead. And is, here's the other funny thing. If they put Sunak in, who is seen as what? Like fucking damaged goods uh, after the non-domicile wife stuff, after his tax hikes. Uh, after the party gate fines and like let's be real even though he was rumored to be plotting against johnson he would still be seen and tainted by like seen as and and tainted by the johnson cabinet right he would still be seen as team johnson whereas mordant can say that she's free of all that uh and to some extent trust also is tainted in that sense um so if Sunak got in with all of that, Labour would wank themselves stupid. They would like so. The main candidate Labour types are worried. Uh, sorry, the main candidate that Labour types are worried about uh, is Morden, right? So trust in number ten pisses off the members. Labour win. If Sunak is in number ten, members are pissed off. Labour win the general election. If Morden gets in, members are happy, but Labour parliamentary party are sad. But if it's Prime Minister Morden, here's where it gets kind of funky. If it's Morden that gets in and the members are happy, but the parliamentary party are not happy, Morden is unable to govern because the ERG nutjobs won't want to work with her. So as I said on TikTok this morning, I mean, really, this is a very roundabout way of me saying the Tories are factionalised and fucked 
and it's making my pants pregnant. Um, I'm sorry if that's a bit, uh, a little bit gross there. Um, maybe I need to start putting, putting a disclaimer on these shows. What do you think? Like, uh, like every show should begin with, um, some of this show will be disgusting and possibly offensive. And if you do get offended by sexual swear words or suggestive language, please do feel free to write a complaint and shove it up your colonic passage because nobody gives a shit. Not one person really cares what you think. None. Not even your exhausted friends when you moan at them about some disgusting language you heard on a half sort of ish podcast that was about politics, kind of, and you weren't expecting that kind of language, and you shouldn't have to listen to that sort of stuff. Not even that friend that you moan to cares. So give them a break by giving yourself a fucking day off. There we go. There's your disclaimer. Boom. Uh, also, it's kind of... It's kind of the listener's fault for not doing the duty of care checks and inquiries into this podcast beforehand. Um, the other thing that's interesting about these candidates... And now I mean all of them, like not just the top three, but literally every single one of them that went for the leadership. None of them are accurately, honestly talking to the Conservative Party members who will vote them in uh, or indeed voters, although we don't really get a say in it. Right. Uh, or journalists who are doing their bidding for them, just retailing out information, not challenging them. Uh, but all of them, like all of them, every single one of them are lying or holding back constantly. And it's incredible because Brexit, according to YouGov at least, is now supported by only 35%. And it is actively not supported by a sizable majority of, I think it's 56 or 57%. Um somewhere around that region i think and yet all of them are pretending this thing is still the will of the people it's kind of bizarre isn't it it's like although they seem to have actually to be fair to them they've dropped that phrase maybe they've overdone it or maybe they don't believe it anymore I, i'm not sure but they still speak like it's something that the public wants they still say shit like well if you vote labor they'll try to undo brexit you know it's like a weird sort of anti-cell like they've got it inverted what a weird way to market yourself to the electorate. If you vote Labour, they'll just try to undo Brexit, which is not true, by the way. I mean, Starmer has uh, actively said they will not try to undo Brexit. They will try to make a success of it, which, lol. But the other way that they said it was like when when it was at the height of trying to oust Johnson, people were saying shit like, well, if Boris goes, Brexit will go and we can't have that, you know? And from Tory candidates to the journalists like Dan Wooten or Darren Grimes or Julia Hartley Brewer or, you know, Mikey Graham or whoever the wheeled in right wing burst fire hydrant of horseshit spraying everyone. <laughs> like they all talk as though losing Brexit would be a vote loser. You know, when we can clearly see that the public are no longer on board with it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of bizarre. It's like they're living in their own little like fingers in ears la 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 kind of world if you vote labor then they'll just try to undo brexit like it's like getting bollocks by a movie studio 
or something you know like if they're pissed off about pirate bay or people copying dv dvds or whatever you know depriving them of their income and then they threaten, they threaten everyone like if you keep this up there'll be no more chevy chase movies you know like don't don't threaten us with a good time bro so none of them seem to have any understanding of the current state of play with brexit uh even careerist cunts like liz truss uh, who was pictured supporting Remain, right, when Remain was polling to win. When everyone thought Remain was going to win, she was in Camp Remain. Uh, and then she switched to being a Brexiter when that guaranteed her a cabinet role with Team Johnson. <laughs> so it's all about, like, self-serving and careerism. So you would think even now, like, she'd put a finger in the air and follow the shit to softening Brexit, which would undoubtedly win favour in the home county's constituencies that they're hemorrhaging. So it would be a self-serving thing to do and, like, right up her street. But just above self-serving is survival. And for her to survive politically now... She needs those sweet, sweet ERG numbers. Ooh, yum, 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 yum. So it's Brexit or bust for her, I guess. And, and indeed, a lot of the other candidates, right? They're all fairly pro-Brexit. The other thing is tax. They're all promising tax cuts. But none of them will deliver them. Like, we're already in a hole economically. We just scraped by a recession by the skin of our teeth. What was it, like 0.5% growth? this week we have this huge debt from furlough and inflation not seen since the late 70s or early 80s and and these are the same people who only a week ago were saying train strikers can't have a pay rise because inflation don't ask for a pay rise because inflation i'll take 2.2k mp's pay rise sure but not you not you plebby and we have to increase interest rates and thus your mortgage and your rent because that will help curb inflation that will take more money away from you that helps with inflation. But no, we won't have a meaningful price cap on your gas bill because inflation. We can't put more money in your pocket because that would fuel inflation. So here's the thing, right? How can they be standing there a week ago, two weeks ago, saying train strikers shouldn't have more money and uh, we have to raise interest rates because we've got a COVID inflation? How can you stand there and say that and then in the next breath say, we're going to give you a tax cut? We're going to give you more money in your pocket. Like, which is it? Do you want me to have more money in my pocket? Or is that going to help fuel inflation? Make your fucking mind up. It has to be one or the other. It can't be both. So they're dishonest with Brexit. And they're lying about tax cuts. So great. Honesty. Or honestly, sorry, I was going to say. Sometimes I get slightly hopeful when I see people like um, uh, Tom Tugendhat. Uh, I heard him last night on the LBC, and I've mentioned him a couple of times before on different episodes. Um, and I, I listen to him and I think, yeah, if it had to be a Tory, I would rather it was him than this lot. Fuck me. You know, like, he sounds sensible. He sounds like he's got his head screwed on. He's There's some compassion there bubbling under. Like, if I had to be devoured, I would rather it was by this Friendly-looking, meat-eating, carnivore dinosaur, and not that really mean-looking one over there. Do you know what I mean? Like, choose your assassin. But then I remind myself of their donor culture and their second jobs and their lobbying on behalf of them and their corruption. And I think, like, even the more principled Tories, and there are some out there, even the more principled ones are imprisoned by that system.
they're basically the admin team for people who are rich enough to buy policy. That's all they are. They're the admin team for billionaires who want to pay to have their legislation put across. Or who haven't got around to funding a think tank yet. They're in number 10 to sign off and, and wrap in PR the ideas and wants and needs of shady billionaires. And even a Tugendart would be tainted eventually. And it probably wouldn't even take that long. It would be like day one, Prime Minister Tugendart looking to build bridges with Brussels. Day two, billionaire press barons published the first of a six-month campaign of bad headlines to utterly destroy and neutralise Tom Tugendart. So I don't know. The sooner the entire party is out, the better. Uh, fuck them. Take out the trash. Maybe I'll find some guy on Gumtree to do it for me. Uh, guys, that's it. If you are enjoying the podcast, uh, I would just like to draw your attention to the Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. I set myself a goal. This is only about a month ago uh, to get the first 10 Patreons on there supporting the podcast. Uh, there's three tiers. There's a really cheap one, three pounds a month, which is just enough to buy me a coffee uh, or an incredibly cheap beer, um, which I might enjoy whilst recording the podcast. Uh, there's a, I think it's five pounds a month one. Um, and then there's a 10 pounds a month one, which nobody needs to, to jump on. Uh, you have to do three tiers. And I, yeah, I did the 10 pounds. It's just ridiculous. Just stick with the three or the five pound, which would ever make sense to you. And uh, Patreons, the first 10 of them will be invited to an exclusive event in London. Some people do meetups and live Q&As and all that shit. That's not me. I want to do a sort of meetup piss up thing. So we just find a corner of a pub. We're going to get a few drinks in, talk shit about Tories and have a good time. So that's the first 10 people to sign up for Patreon. There's eight that have gone already. There's only two spaces left. So if you do want to be a part of that, if you would like to join my cult, then jump on patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. If you are not in a position to support the podcast financially, totally understand uh it is a very trying time for everyone at the moment um all of the episodes will continue to be free they go on spotify and apple podcasts uh just two days after they go out to patreon so that will always be free all i'd ask is that if you are enjoying the podcast sequentially if you've listened to a few episodes maybe just share it about uh take a copy link you can hit the arrow icon on your podcast player and then select share and copy the link and just send it to a mate over whatsapp and say i'm listening to this i think it's quite good you might like it or you might not and if you don't then go fuck yourself um that's it for this week thank you so much for listening i'll be back next week for the episode 100 spectacular that i have no idea what i'm doing for it uh, i'm open to suggestions if there's something that you would like to hear me talking about on there then don't be a stranger. Tweet me at Aid Thompson and I'll catch you all on the flip side. Until next time, keep it strictly hashtag Binfluencers, hashtag Tories fuck livestock. I'm going slightly more ambiguous <laughs> with that now because because there was like there was a legal thing that happened this week to a few people that I know. And I'm not going to go into details, but it was quite like it made me worried. So I I'm adjusting my campaigning strategy somewhat <laughs> with that. So it's now hashtag Tories fuck livestock. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so I'll catch you all next week. Uh, stay safe. Keep it Bimfluencer. And, uh, yeah, ciao for now. Bye.